Well, a few weeks ago, I was FaceTiming with our five-year-old grandson. Somewhere in the conversation, our daughter-in-law said, our daughter-in-law said, Nathan, tell Grandpa about your money envelopes. He said, oh, I have three envelopes. I have one for spend, one for save, and one for give. Giving to the church, to others, one for give. When I do my chores, he said, and, when I, and then I get paid, I put money in each of those envelopes. And as we talked, we came back around a little bit in a few minutes to the give envelope. And Nathan's mother said, how do you feel when you give away money out of your give envelope? And like a typical five-year-old, he said, it makes me sad. <laughs> and then his mom said, ask Grandpa how he feels about, about giving, how giving makes him feel. And I said, well, giving makes me happy because I get to share with others and I get to share in God's work. I'm glad that Grandma and I get to get to give to our church, to missionaries, to others, to help out and to say thank you to God. It's, it's a way we can love other people and express our thanks to God. And Nathan said, well, okay, but it still makes me a little sad. <laughs> I, uh, I found myself wondering how many of us sometimes are like a five-year-old when it comes to our giving. And maybe even way deep down, we're thinking, well, I'll give some of this money, but it makes me a little sad. Um, I want you to know that before we even came here, I felt like I should do a sermon on giving before I know any of you, before I know the church, before I know the budget, before I know any good things or concerns or whatever. I don't know any of that. But I felt like this is something that matters because it is in Scripture so much. It's a part of our own spiritual formation. It's a part of our growth as followers in Christ. It's a factor in and an indicator of our spiritual health. So this isn't about money because I'm concerned about numbers and budgets. I'm really not. But the Bible talks about it as part of our journey with Jesus in which we're called to become more like Christ. Pastor Phil, I'm going to jump in for just a minute. That, it's, that's all great, but isn't this just something that pastors kind of say to talk to their church about money and try to get people to give more? I mean, isn't this time supposed to be about God? Yeah, yeah, it is, Jeremy. But I think this is about God, about God and the work of God in our lives. You see, as Christians, our God should be Lord of every part of our lives, every part. My private time, my hobbies, my friendships, my marriage, my career, anything that I do or have, including my money and my possessions. I need to consider how I can honor God with every area of my life, including money. Now, the Bible talks a lot about it, so I can't ignore it for that reason as well. I read this week, I was on a, on a website called Tithe, 
And on there, I saw these bits of information that reminded me what a crucial part of Scripture stuff about money is. Did you know 16 out of 38 of the parables that Jesus told had something to do with money and possessions? 16 out of 38. Nearly 25% of Jesus' words in the New Testament deal with biblical stewardship. One out of 10 verses in the Gospels deal with money in some way. Now, I did not have time to go verify that verse by verse, but I wasn't terribly surprised to read those statistics. There's an awful lot of scripture that talks about money, and there's an important correlation between the way we handle money and the way we grow in our faith. When it comes to money, we will either worship wealth or we'll worship with our wealth, regardless of how much or how little we have. That's not the issue. We'll worship wealth or we worship with our wealth. We can't worship both ways, worship wealth and worship God. Matthew 6, 24. Jesus' words say, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. How we handle money is an indicator of our commitment to Christ and our love for the Lord. There, there are, that's at least part of the reason Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. But we also read verses later in the epistles in the New Testament like these. Hebrews 13, 5 warns us, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have, because God has said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And I'm sure you've heard this verse somewhere along the way quoted, maybe misquoted, from 1 Timothy chapter 6, this is verse 10. The love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Now notice it says the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, not money is the root of evil, often misquoted like that. There's nothing wrong with money in and of itself. The concern is our attitude toward money and whether we manage it or it manages us. You can't serve God and money. We might paraphrase those words of Jesus to say, you can't love God and love money. Wasn't just the New Testament that talked about money. The Old Testament goes way back and began talking about it in those first five books of the Old Testament we call the Pentateuch. In Leviticus chapter 27, we read, A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil, fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. And then a little later in the Old Testament, the prophet Malachi says, speaking for God, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse and there may, that there may be food in my house, says the Lord Almighty. 
All right, Pastor Phil, I've got to jump in again. I've heard this word tithe my whole life as I've grown up in churches. I hear it over and over and over. Many of us have heard it. But what does it even really mean? Or is it just one of those church lingo words that we don't even really know what it means? <laughs> okay, the simplest answer is that offering a tithe means giving a tenth of what we have to the Lord. That's been a biblical minimum standard almost from the beginning, going all the way back to Abraham and the point at which Abraham had a thankful response of giving a tenth. If you want to read that story, it's in Genesis chapter 14. But understand, it's always been intended, it being giving a tithe or a tenth, it's always been intended to be a response of gratitude for God's blessings, not a religious obligation, not a legalistic requirement. Throughout the Bible, for those seeking a guideline for giving that honors God and expresses a thankful heart, 10% given or a tithe was that guideline. It expresses in a tangible way, what's in a grateful heart. So, so, so tithing's about expressing our thanks, and I like that, that's, that's good. Um, but, but I have another question. Uh, why, why can't we just pray often and say thank you to God? We can, we should, hopefully we do. But did you ever have that feeling that just saying thank you is not enough? You ever have somebody in your life who cared for you, who encouraged you, who prayed for you, who lifted you up, walked beside you in a difficult time, and to say thank you to them just didn't seem like enough? Sometimes that's the way I feel in my relationship with God. Just praying prayers to thank God is not enough. I want to do that again and again, but sometimes thank you seems like it's inadequate. See, giving to someone to say thank you is a very natural response for most of us. Through the giving of our gifts to God, we have another way to say thank you beyond the prayers of thanks that we might pray. Let me take it one step further. I would say that how we spend our money really demonstrates our love. Not that love requires gifts and you have to give gifts to express love, but don't you want to sometimes? You want to give a gift to someone you love just to remind them, to display how you love them? I mean, we spend our money on what or on whomever we love, whether that's family or Ourselves, other people, or God, or maybe a combination of those. How and where we use our money is a demonstration to other people what matters most to us. I'll give you an example from an experience I had years ago. And it's been a long time ago. But there was an older couple that came to my office at the church and wanted to get married right now. I don't do that, usually. <laughs> but I did that night. In a very short ceremony, I went ahead and married them. And as I finished signing the license, the groom said to me, well, how much do I owe you? As he grabbed for his wallet. 
I'd spent like 10 or 15 minutes with him. I really didn't expect anything. But just kidding with him, I said, um, oh, I don't know. Give me what you think she's worth. And um, now, if you're that man, you know the right answer is something like, she's worth way more than I can possibly give. <laughs> Not that night. He gave me a $10 bill and hustled out the door. <laughs> Was gone. And I found myself wondering, did she really feel loved that night? As Christians, how we spend our money is going to be a clear demonstration of our relationships, particularly our relationship to God. And it's a clear demonstrator of who we love and how we love. If, as followers of Christ... We want to profess that we love the Lord. How can we not give to the one we love? Whatever we're willing to give or let go of. That shows what we feel. And how truly important things or relationships are for us. Okay, I'm going to let you finish, Phil, but i got to jump in one more time. Um, I look out here as I'm listening to you, and I see people who organize massive ministries in the church, people who teach classes, people who uh, mentor young people, uh, people who volunteer in the safety and security team. We've got all sorts of people who serve in different ways, who are giving of themselves over and over and over. Is it really important for, for those of us who give so much time and energy to the church to also tithe? So let me, uh, let me borrow a thought from Dave Ramsey and his program, Financial Peace University. Scripture tells us we're created in God's image, made to be like God. Scripture also says God is a giver. God so loved the world that he gave. Therefore, the image in which we are created in the image of a giving God. So Dave Ramsey says that when we go through the physical act of giving our resources, it changes us. It crushes our heart. It reforms it and molds it to be a little more like God in whose image we're made. Faithful, generous giving helps to make us more like God. And then Dave Ramsey continues with a kind of an in-your-face kind of statement that smacks me around every time I read it. You can't say you're being Christ-like if you're not a giver. You can't say you're a follower of Christ when you don't give as he gave and continues to give. The fact is, Every time we give out of love for God, it transforms us more completely into his likeness. That makes giving, and ideally tithing, a significant part of growing as a Christian disciple who is seeking to become more like Jesus in all we do. understand this to a degree. But let's say I'd like to tithe, but right now there's just so many bills to pay and expenses that people have. Yep. If somebody isn't doing that, does that mean they don't have a healthy relationship with the Lord? What a question. 
Um, no, it does not mean that. does not mean we don't have a good relationship with God if we're not tithing. I know that sometimes we find ourselves in situations where that's just not even possible. And I know that particularly during this pandemic, that's been the impact on some people who have, who have lost a job or have worked less. And, and I know it's not an easy thing to go through. But I would still say tithing is the biblical standard to work toward. Maybe you can't do 10% now to God, to his church. But maybe you can do 1% or 2%. Maybe somewhere along the way we step up to 3 or 4 or 5%. Moving toward that goal of disciplined giving that ends up at that tithe level, that 10%. I think it's important to take those systematic steps so that we can grow in our giving as we grow in Christ in every other way. We can pray that God will help us in that step because we truly want to honor God through our giving. We take the step, it's like saying, Lord, I'm working to make you the priority in my life, including in my finances. Lord, make me more like you in my living and my giving. I cannot help but believe that as we grow in our giving, God blesses those steps in obedience and faith. And giving becomes a joyful blessing for us as the children of God. And we're excited to give, to demonstrate our thankfulness and our love. And it changes us. Let me go back to my grandson, Nathan, for just a minute. The one who was sad about giving initially made him a little sad. A few weeks ago, we had a family gathering to celebrate a couple of birthdays with, within our family. One of them was for our three-year-old granddaughter, Sadie. As Nathan and, and his family were getting ready for that birthday celebration... They were trying to decide, what's the right gift for a three-year-old little girl? Somewhere in that conversation, Nathan says, I know, I want to give her a George Washington out of his envelope. And then he says, no, I want to give her two George Washingtons. And so at the party, as Sadie opened her birthday card from Nathan, two George Washingtons fell out. And she was excited, and you could see that Nathan was excited to share those with his little cousin. And then just last weekend, we were uh, hanging out with some family, and Nathan's dad said to me, did you know Nathan also gave some of his money to help buy his mommy's birthday present? Oh, only this time, he took money out of his spend envelope the envelope that has money in it that he can use to go buy a toy a superhero thing he can go buy himself some candy he can spend it on himself now he took it his spend money to help buy his mother's birthday present he used his spend money and was excited about it because it was a way he could express love. 
And he was pumped. I see my little five-year-old grandson growing in his attitude toward giving already at five years old. Growth related to selfless giving in a five-year-old. I think about that and I wonder, are we maturing as disciples of Jesus Christ by growing in our desire and our willingness and our excitement to give? Are we giving out of love? Love for God and for God's church? Is our giving a real indicator of a thankful heart? Or is it a religious duty that we're somehow trying to fulfill? Is our practice of giving showing that we are healthy growing disciples of Jesus Christ and in the process becoming more like God, the one who loves the world so much that he gave. My prayer is that we won't miss out on being a part of that work of God in our lives and that we can take a new step even this week in our giving in terms of our attitude, our sense of celebration, our ways of expressing thanks to God through our giving, allowing giving to be a special part of worship. I know we don't pass offering plates right now. I mean, you can still give through the offering boxes in the hallways outside the sanctuary. You can still give electronically, all kinds of options there. But are we giving as an act of worship, even if it doesn't happen on Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. Are we giving as an act of worship? God deserves our worship and praise, including through our giving. We're made to worship. We're made to express thankful hearts to God who's blessed us in so many ways. I hope that together we can worship in all we do as we give to and as we live for our Lord and our Savior. Would you pray with me? God, make us more like you. We need to pray that every day because we tend to get in the way of your work in our lives. Make us more like you, God, in our living and our giving. Teach us what it means to give joyfully, thankfully, to be pumped about participating in the work you're doing, not only in our own lives, but in the church and in the world around us. Thanks for that privilege. Continue to make us more like you, the one who loves the world so much that you gave. That is our prayer this morning. We offer it in the name of Christ. Amen.